This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This video is brought to you by ExpressVPN and Shopify people. More on them after the reaction. What is going on there, citizens of the Reject Nation? Greg here today. So I am going to do a first time watching for a movie that I am very much looking forward to. I've heard a lot of good things about. And I am the one at the channel who hasn't seen it. So it's a solo one today, and that is for the movie The Impossible. I know it's about a tsunami. I know it stars a young Tom Holland. I'm very much looking forward to it. But guys, what do you think about this movie? Leave your thoughts in the comments down below. Did it affect you? I hear this is a strong film. Whatever that means. Powerful, dramatic, moving Tell me what you think about it. What's an impossible thing you've had to overcome? That's a more YouTuber question. Anyway, guys, listen, go ahead, leave a like on this video. That'd be very much appreciated. Be sure to subscribe, click that notification bell to get notified when we get our reaction up on this channel. That piques your interest because we got a lot in the can that we have already shot. Also, big thank you to Prepper for helping us set it down these highlights. Lastly, massive thank you to all who have joined us at our Patreon, becoming super sexy rejects over there. You can catch the full length reaction watch along where you sync up with your own copy of The Impossible. Also, John and I cover several shows exclusively with highlights and watch alongs included. Thank you again to all of joining is one of the absolute best ways to support the channel plus you get some extra goodies on top of that alrighty guys let's see what this movie is all about I was trying to think of like an impossible possible thing Wait, whatever let's just watch it goddamn right wow what a film what a powerful film oh my god it's a real family those are real names too Oh, I wanted more. Whoa. That's my favorite Tom Holland performance. Man, I gotta blow my nose. I got such a headache. Boy, I got such a bad headache. But you know what doesn't give me a headache? <laughs> These guys. <laughs> Thank you to Shopify for sponsoring, which is what we use for our merch store and is our game-changing partner in e-commerce. So whether you're launching a passion project or scaling to new heights, Shopify is the e-commerce powerhouse guiding you at every step. From creating your first online store to opening physical locations, Shopify makes it seamless. It's perfect whether you're selling exclusive merch or unique collectibles, thanks to their all-encompassing platform for both online and in-store sales. Their checkout system unmatched. It's 36% more effective at converting visitors into buyers than other platforms. And let's not forget Shopify magic, the AI tool that elevates your business with minimal effort. But seriously, reflecting on our journey using Shopify for www.rejectnationshop.com, it's been transformative. The transition, smooth, growth, exponential. Thank you again, Reject Nation. From simplifying sales to scaling our offerings, Shopify has been a cornerstone 
of our success. And Shopify isn't just for us. It powers 10% of US e-commerce, backing businesses big and small in over 175 countries. Their award-winning support always there to guide you. So ready to join the revolution? Sign up for Shopify at only a dollar a month at shopify.com slash rejects. All lowercase, shopify.com slash rejects. Start your Shopify success story now. Let's grow together with Shopify, team. Big thanks to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this video, a real game changer I've been using for years. That's right, years. So whenever they want to work with us, it's an instant yes. You've likely heard about ExpressVPN for online privacy and security, but there's more to it than that. However, there was a very real incident recently with Spectrum shutting down my internet and contacting me due to a suspecting hacking attempt. And funny enough, I realized I hadn't actually activated my ExpressVPN on my new laptop that I got a couple of months ago. So I was paying the consequences. Having faced a serious hacking issue on YouTube a couple years ago, that made ExpressVPN my go-to for both security and freedom. I mean it. And yes, what you've heard is true. Believe me, this channel knows. You can use ExpressVPN to watch movies and shows on Netflix that are not available in your country. This means accessing a vast array of content of over 100 countries, like a global cinema at your fingertips. It's super easy. Open ExpressVPN, switch locations, refresh the browser, and there you have it. Whether it's K-dramas on South Korean Netflix, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, or more, ExpressVPN has you covered. And it's incredibly fast, ensuring no buffering or lag for smooth HD streaming. It's versatile too, working on not just computers, but phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. This means you can enjoy your favorite shows on anywhere, any screen. Protect and elevate your internet experience. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link, expressvpn.com slash rejects. And you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash rejects. So head to expressvpn.com slash rejects to learn more. Thank you again. All right, guys. I just blew my nose. I've pulled up IMDb. And all I have learned in this time is that J.A. Bayota directed this movie. I did not catch that at all in the credits. That's not surprising. What I wanted to do, it is. Jesus Christ, I've been looking all over him. I was trying to find the trivia. I wanted to read the trivia, and then we'll talk about this movie. If you guys are listening to this on Apple and Spotify, please rate this video. Just watch The Impossible, uh, the 2012 movie. I heard that oh, it was about the tsunami and i was like okay i imagine there's probably going to be a few emotional moments in here but i i was not expecting to be as enveloped in the experience i didn't really know what part of me was actually wondering if it was just going to be a bit of a tedious if i'm being totally honest i, I was kind of wondering if it would be a bit of a tedious drama of, okay maybe there's a tsunami attack and then it gets a little dull afterwards but that film had me engaged for many a reason uh, that I will go into, but I wanted to look at the trivia really quick here. All right, here we go. I haven't read any of this yet. The scene where the tsunami hits the resort can only be filmed once. It would have cost too much money to rebuild the set. What? What does that mean? How do they film it then? How do... do I don't understand. Many of the extras were actual survivors of the tsunami. That's really cool. I mean, not cool that they're survivors of the tsunami, but the fact that they actually use real survivors. Of it just again, I did not under. I don't know what it's like to be in a situation like this, but a register to me is feeling authentic. Um, according to Naomi Watts, the producers of the film heard an interview on Spanish radio where the family told their sur their story of surviving the tsunami and decided to make a film based on it. Well, that's really that's really neat. They were Spanish, right? That's a bit... I don't know. I don't really... I, I guess they could be... Well, the one thing I liked about it, too, that I thought was really cool, 
because I could see this being one of those movies that is accused of whitewashing. Um, is that so it's not one of the trivia facts here? Maybe, maybe it's here somewhere, but I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, but w- one of the things that I thought was kind of neat about it is that uh, they they put a, a, a good amount of emphasis too on the, it was the the actual people who lived there who immediately went to go help the tourists. You know, this is like th- a lot of people died, and, and we didn't really focus on the people who lived there and so much of their homes and many of those lives were probably taken as well. And they put so much focus here on, they went to go help the tourists, the people visiting. I think that was something kind of beautiful, actually. Man, the performances are so good. I don't know what that has to do with the whitewashing, but it, it, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really think about the, that there might be a whitewashing thing thrown out here. I, I bet there was though. Unless Naomi Watts is Spanish and I don't know that. It took a year to put together the 10 minute sequence a recreation of the moment the wave came crashing down the luxury hotel. Whoa. Whoa. So they really did that shit? Did they really? That's fucking wild. The crew filmed partially on location at the actual resort since rebuilt, where the Bellon family was holiday when the tsunami hit. For the tsunami destruction scenes, a scale model of the resort was used. They really wanted to capture, they wanted to be true to this. this. The filmmakers had a sense of integrity here. The real family that the main characters are based on are in fact Spanish, but live in Japan at the time of the tsunami. Ah, it makes a lot of sense. For the underwater scenes, Naomi Watts was strapped in a rotating chair. While filming, Watts couldn't hold her breath any longer and she gave the stop sign. Instead of stopping, the chair started spinning the other way around. Whoa. Later, it was revealed that it was a technical error, and Watts stated that she felt very scared and hated the chair for that reason. Why wouldn't you? Wow. That's Saturday. Tom Holland's feature film debut. That's impressive. The real color of the kid's ball was yellow, not red. This film's a liar. Maria Bellot said it was the biggest lie in the film. Yeah. If that's the biggest lie in the film, I can imagine that a lot of this was probably surprisingly true. Naomi Watts was nominated. Uh, as Rightfully so. Man, was she great. Wait. Best Actress and Oscar nominated performance was the only one in the category not in the Best Picture nominee of the year. Oh, this one was not nominated for Best. If it did not get nominated for Sound Design, I'd be shocked. The opening scene is a point of view. Uh, we'll, we'll look at that later. Uh, I'm just trying to see like the shorter ones. This is one of the blacklist 2010 blacklist, a list of the most un, most liked unmade scripts of the year. I always love hearing a story like that when a script is uh, like this is great, but it's never going to get made, and then it eventually gets made. Oh, that's really great. Okay, all right. This movie's PG-13. I really thought it was rated R. I guess it's the handling of the nudity and the violence that helps with it all. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's talk about the actual movie. I'm semi like multitasking at the same time right now because my mind is just fixated on shit. Uh, I was obviously very moved by it. I, well, one thing that I thought was really am I in frame? One thing that I thought was really one thing that I thought was really interesting about the the script. The first thing about the the scripting of it all was the the dialogue choices uh, were. I felt like this is how 
how would I put it? How would I put it? Um, there's like a, the movie has so much emotional impact and just the right amount of sentimentality. And yet when they had these dialogue scenes, I would, I would feel like these, this is still like what they would talk about in the moment. You know, they wouldn't do a bunch of this backstory stuff. It, it was one of those films where it was so focused on the immediacy of the situation and you're kind of being plucked into the lives of what these characters are experiencing. And what I, I loved all that, that whole speech about the, the like the, the stars and that they're dead, but you can find a bright light and it's like and talking about the things that are impossible. And, you know, I, I love me a good bleak, dark harrowing movie. And, and, and this is that, but it, it's also really contrasted with this family's resilience to keep enduring and not lose hope in the face of hopelessness all in the name of love. And and it was that kind of shit that just kept breaking me for, from beginning to end because this is such a heroic tale, but it's about these just regular people. It's a, it's, it's an extraordinary story about ordinary people. Ordinary, extraordinary people are, Ordinary people who do things extraordinarily well. Is that the quote? I don't even know if that applies to the situation right now. Uh, but but that's what was great. Is It's fun. It's fun. I made it like a little crack about this is more Spider-Man than Spider-Man because to me this is capturing more of why we really would love a Peter Parker because they're doing all the, literally the things that most people would probably not want to do in making these choices like saving the little Daniel boy. Uh, in the face of times where you were a lot of times in these survival stories, at least the fictionalized ones, you're, you're kind of just looking out for yourself. But this is about aiding each other and not losing faith. And and, and again, the, the the word of endurance is the thing that just keeps standing in mind. And and I love how there there was such a there, there's a bit of that Hollywoodness in the beginning, you know, like hey, we're gonna have a great trip today. You know, we're gonna ain't nothing because you walk hard. Ain't nothing bad gonna happen today, do we? And you're just setting up the fact that something terrible is going to happen. But you needed that. You you needed that juxtaposition. You you needed that switcheroo to kind of plop you into what it must have been like to be a tourist vacationing at this wonderful, immaculate resort and then have one of the most devastating things ever happen to you. And Because a lot of people died in this event. And then uh, and then if you were lucky to survive, it's like what injuries did you sustain afterwards, the trauma that you had to endure I, I, so I, like, as much as it was a bit of like a Hollywoodism in the way it was written, you know, I, I still thought it was necessary to get there. And by the time you get to the tsunami, and, but the acting was just so consistently great that it was so believable from beginning to end. And by the time you get to the tsunami incident, like, even the way that's captured in that perspective where it just hits you suddenly, it's not this big, giant buildup like a Roland Emmerich movie. You're not watching the day after tomorrow where it's like thunder in the sky or whatever. Just a couple of things with the blender, and, and oh, a, a couple of little noises, and then hits you like that. The must to put you into the again. It's I love a movie that focuses on POV, and the movie did such a great job on knowing how to intercut between not intercut but cut around depending and and gestate with certain characters on certain uh, point of views for an extended period of time. Like there were times where I was going, oh, this is Naomi Watts's movie. Oh, this is Tom Holland's movie. Oh, this is Eva McGregor's movie. You know, the way they would cut around to the characters and let you stay in their perspective. I thought uh, the direction of this, combined, of course, with the incredible acting, 
man, I'm, I'm over the homework. Like that's the kind of questions that I always try to find more of the trivia on. That's usually not on IMDb. Like I would love to know the trivia on that. Like Naomi Watts, did she sit down with the real Maria? And how many, how long did she talk with her for? How much of the conversations she have to really get in her mindset into, hey, let's talk about this moment and what were you going through and how therapeutic might it have been for Maria to have been able to talk through that with her. Was it therapeutic? Was it difficult to um, resurrect these conversations and resurrect these memories? And what it must have been like for Maria to see that as Naomi Watts is portraying it, th- those kind of sequences, you know? Um, those it, it got my mind pondering, and but at the same time, you know, this film has had such great visual storytelling because you're relying so much on an actor's performance and body language, expression. It's not heavily reliant. There's, it's not really like exposition-heavy or they take the time to reflect on a memory and to talk about the past. Like There's something kind of inspiring to me. I could see two versions where someone might not like so much about the dialogue in certain key scenes. Uh, but to me, I thought the dialogue was really apt for this kind of, for, for what they want to portray here. You know, they, they, at the end of the day, this is about plopping the audience into the experience of this real stark, uh, impactful nature disaster uh, with emphasizing the emotional dramatic weight throughout. But everyone's so good in it. My mind's just spinning. My headache has not gone away at all. If you, if you only have you're listening to this Apple, Spotify, I felt a pretty big migraine and I'm just trying to stay focused here. Uh, the, 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 I guess if I were to rank perform, man, it's really, this is Tom Holland's debut role. And, and uh, I, while I do would ultimately go to me, it's like a toss-up between Naomi Watts and Tom Holland. Is who's the, who's the lead in this movie? Like, who, who do you guys consider the lead in this film? Because I could see it being Naomi Watts, uh, but in, in a lot of ways, to me, it was Lucas. Lucas, to me, felt like this the central character, and I and I thought that was such an interesting narrative choice. Some stuff you could kind of like the stuff at the hospital. I wonder how real that was. With oh my god, they're right there. Just look over your shoulder. If you just pay attention, you could see them. Uh, towards the end, but it fucking works on you when it, when it goes down that path. It works, man. <laughs> you know, you're just getting frustrated and then you're aware it's a movie, but damn, uh, I, I'm just so caught in the moment <laughs> that I'm like, I don't care. Some stuff you gotta you gotta have some of that dramatic um for a situation that I'm sure was way more dramatic in real life. Uh, but I thought overall this movie had very strong direction. Uh, it was engaging from beginning to end. Uh, the the ability to focus on the human aspect instead of the disaster actually helped elevate the the uh, everything about the disaster. It wasn't about just going through like the psychological experience. I, I thought the the balance of it was was so grand, where you could the after effects of the disaster are are the enemy of the store of the story, and and it's like the. Like the the antagonist of the story is like the it's so interesting when you think about it because the you know of course it's not one of those movies where there's a clear cut antagonist you know or you're dealing with there's another tsunami coming and we gotta we gotta go after it. the antagonist of the story is all the obstacles they gotta overcome and and also uh, overcoming hopelessness over and and enduring your faith against that like that is that those are the antagonistic qualities you are dealing with here and. To me, the disaster elements that maybe perhaps made great trailer moments, uh, I I think were 
sorry guys, my head is so pounding. Um, I think the disaster elements um, just resonated throughout and I never lost sight of the horror of that. Because when you think about the disaster elements of the spectacle of it, the only way that really stays effective is a you need your investment in your characters, and you you want to see what 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 this really does do as a turmoil. And the way they would still show once in a while, like oh they're traveling on the road, and you're seeing like these dead bodies, uh, or you're seeing like uh, people you know um, in agony shouting stuff out, or the physical deterioration, or the symptoms, like the prolonged effects. I felt the disaster elements were kind of nonstop, or even when. You know, uh, Naomi Watts and the village people are like dragging her after they rescued her. You could just hear the scraping against her legs like those the the spectacle of the disaster stuff still permeated throughout the film. I felt like it was still very much alive because you can only do the tsunami one time and the, the sequence of surviving in the flood one time. And I, th- I thought that 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 spectacle that they probably pitch you on still was there in just different ways. And, and I found that really impressive. And it, man, it just plays on your emotions because this movie, it, there could be like tragedy porn and, and and this movie to me was not that. It it had, it was a bit structurally predictable at, at a certain point when you would go from, you know, tragedy and hope. But overall, because like a lot of times a hopeful thing happened, that means in like, uh, I don't know, 30 seconds we're going to get something really tragic or something to be really worried about, <laughs> you know? So we kind of do that. So, like there's certain writing books. I, I think Robert McKee, I, I don't, it doesn't exactly obey this, but there's like the, I forget what the name of that Robert McKee book is. Uh, but you know, some people say that every scene, if it starts off positive has to end negative or every scene that starts off negative has to end positive, you know, some type of simple way of pre- understanding an arc of a scene. So you can kind of see some of that predictability uh, with, within the structure of it. Like when they saw Daniel um, at the hospital, it's like, he's going to go back. So terrible is going to be with the mom. Or after he finds Swedish boy, he's going to go back. It's going to be something terrible because that's the tragedy, hope, tragedy, hope, tragedy, hope. But overall, um, I wasn't always hyper aware of it. And even when I was, it worked. That's the thing is the emotion of like, at the end of the day, no matter what logical, you know, technical aspects, even for a viewer like myself uh, that I can be aware of, I would, st- I, I would still just be so in the moment regardless that it was the emotion that would be overtaking and to me that is what cinema is that that is what movies are and and i i think this film just excelled at that so much uh i, I thought it was beautiful i thought it was, it was a really it was a beautiful film um and it brought me to tears non-stop and the uh just the the focus on humanity, compassion, in the face of this disaster, with not a real emphasis on negative behaviors. I'm so used to survival stories, and I mean, normally survival stories can be often apocalyptic, and you're looking at like the worst of the worst. I mean, we just saw the movie like Leave the World Behind on Netflix, which is a really like sci-fi kind of film, and and um. And that has that quality of like, look out for your own in the face of the danger. Like the, the worst of humanity comes out. And it's it's kind of refreshing to see a a survival horror film that feels apocalyptic, and and it's about um, human beings coming together. You know, because uh, I, I saw some 
I don't remember where I heard this on. Uh, I think it was, they were saying it was Charles Darwin who, who said it, that the start of humanity, like what's, what's allowed human beings to progress is, I'm probably getting this wrong, but the way I have, the way I have um, internalized it for all my life has been something of, I'm so focused trying to get the quote wrong, but here's how I interpreted it, or, or here's how I remembered it at least, is is that is love and cooperation. I believe the the the, the emphasis is on cooperation, and I, I might have applied the word love underneath that because I feel like every emotion comes down to love or fear, and this movie to me shines a light on that, the love and cooperation side in spite of all this, you know, and I'm not someone who is often, I, I feel like I'm, so much in my own bubble a lot of the time that I don't take enough time to like learn about other things around the world enough. I try to, I really do. Um, uh, it's often very, very late at night or right before I go to bed where I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling inspired. Oh my God. I'm in a really dark place now because I've decided to learn about some stuff and then I'm just on my phone researching for like hours, asking my wife questions because she knows about all this stuff and I don't. Um, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is great. This is great. And also like the emphasis on um I don't know, uh trauma and recovery is, is another way to put it and um it just kind of reframes the way you how it would influence the severity of an impact of natural disasters like tsunamis, you know. It's something that out here I you know I'll, I'll hear about. It's the way I hear about a lot of terrible things that happen but after a while when you just hear about it on the news it just becomes a thing you hear about right something that you it becomes information you become numb to hearing about which is terrible is but it's the reality of, of how a lot of us ultimately respond and this brings you to oh my god yeah it's such like this is so terrible so terrible and i'll be stressing out about how i gotta i can't get my upload up on youtube you know like oh my god i gotta work on the edit for this video Get notes on this video. I gotta get the thumbnail. Right? I gotta do all this. <laughs> like my mind was thinking to myself, like I have a headache right now. But man, what was the headache like for them? <laughs> I should just endure this headache as I was watching this movie. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, I thought this was a great film, and thank you guys for being with me and being patient and. And, you know, it's it's interesting when you're filming one of these and you're by yourself because it just feels like you. I have such an I've I, I do have I, I was diagnosed. One of the benefits of doing reactions that I think is like really awesome is it, it's it's allowed me to express everything that goes on internally with me more than I like. But it's my wife. I'm, I'm pretty respectful when with other people, if, if there's like not not doing this. Was my wife and I? It's kind of like exactly when there's a camera pointed at me. Or the way we just talk about things, everything's just on our mind throughout the whole time. And and uh, I was diagnosed uh, way back when ADHD, PTSD, and type two bipolar, right? And it's some random thought that hit me: is having the ADHD mind has really been great for me <laughs> to be here because I have so many thoughts that go off <laughs> when I'm watching a movie and it just allows me to express all that. And I feel like in real, uh, I mean, this is real life for me. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of the time I, I have to, in, I have to like hold back because I know people are going to be like, shut up, Greg, I'm trying to watch the movie. And maybe some people feel that already when watching one of our videos. But what I love about this experience is I'm 
Like, oh, now it's a perfect excuse to get all these thoughts out while I'm watching something for the first time. It's a great time. All righty, guys. Uh, thank you so much again. Much love. Happy holidays. And, uh, man, it's a Christmas movie. Who would have thought? All right, John, pick a name. Ooh, Brian Perry. Brian Perry. You know what you're getting for Christmas this year? Ooh. You are going to get a book about the best positions in the bedroom Ooh, yeah. for when you're by yourself. <laughs> yes. The karma, the comma selfdra. Yeah. And yeah. I'm telling you, self enjoyment. I don't know what words get us flagged here. Self, self, uh, fun of. Oh, there's a there's uh, a technical term for this. Damn. Self, will the technical uh, term get flagged? Look, we, that's look a great what position you put us in. Yeah, geez. But it's not man, one of the perv. positions you're gonna enjoy <laughs> hey. though. You're gonna have a great. Oh, yeah. You're, you're gonna. People are gonna be like, why is Brian never showing up for work? Oh, dude, he's Brian <laughs> not at anymore. Christmas dinner with us. He Brian never has to leave the house opened again. Opened the present, went to his bedroom, and now it's 2025. Someone did such a good job, alone. yeah, that they don't need to do anything for Brian ever again. You're gonna master the art of self love. Yeah, with this book that I have personally written and drawn <laughs> myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I can't fact checked it for you. Specifically custom made for you, Brian Perry. Yeah. Hand bound <laughs> on, on the uh, finest paper, on the finest artisanal craft paper that we could find at the Oh, yeah, man. Insert sticky joke. Ha ha ha. Hey. Anyway, Brian, much love to you. Merry Christmas. Hope you have a great new year. And uh, say hi to the mayor for me, buddy. Yeah. See you soon. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.